Today, uh, I'm going to preach on a two-letter word. Anybody have any idea what the word might be? There's not that many two-letter words. No, I'm not preaching on you, hon. <laughs> Although you may be under conviction whenever this is done. So, The two-letter word I'm talking about is if. It's a very simple word, and it ha- comes with all different types of context, all different types of possibilities. Probably, it, it, sometimes it involves probabilities. Um, but, but today it's going to be more in the context of call and response or cause and effect. So if you would pray with me this morning. Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you for this opportunity that you give to me to represent you. And Lord, I pray that uh, the word spoken here would be whatever your Holy Spirit puts within me. To, and that it comes out in a way that people are able to grasp a hold of and get into their spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would turn to 2 Chronicles 7.14 in your Bibles. Second Chronicles 7.14. While you're turning there, uh, in chapter 6, before this, to kind of put this in context, uh, Solomon He had uh, asked God to make uh, provision for the people so that when they sinned, that that, that he would make provision for them. And in chapter 7, Solomon, after he had finished the temple, the Lord appeared to him at night and he said to this here in 2 Chronicles 7.14. Here's that two-letter word, if. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, this is just the Old Testament. This doesn't really apply to us, because this was talking about the Israelites and this nation. But us being Christians, the word Christians being meaning follower of Christ, we are God's people, aren't we? If you have asked Jesus into your life, you are a Christian. Uh, You are one of his people. So I think this can apply in today's world, in today's life. Um, The scripture also goes along with 1 John 1, 9, uh, referring to Christians. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm going to look at these uh, four main things uh, in this scripture. The first one is the word humble. Say the word humble. 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 That's a word that a lot of people have a lot of trouble with. And um, uh, my, myself included. Uh, because a lot of times, something that goes along with the word humble, with me, it also includes sometimes me saying, I'm sorry. Or, I was wrong. There is a great example of a guy who just conducts himself in humbleness, and it was an old TV show that was one of my very favorites. It was called Andy Griffith. If you've ever seen Andy Griffith in your life, raise your hand right now. Okay. Uh, Fred Mooney, he used to teach this Sunday school class that was called the Andy Griffith class, and um, Andy Griffith was such a 
great leader, but yet at the same time, he was very strong, but also very humble. And um, he just had a way of being able to deal with people and handle people and uh, to just make them feel very comfortable around him. Um, sometimes um, to be humble, you don't always have to prove that you're right. Have you ever been around someone who's always just had to prove that they're right? Yes. Uh, don't answer, hun. You know, I've, I'm around a lot of people that are uh, maybe don't, aren't that educated like myself or some that are PhDs. And I've been around some people that um, you, you hear them talking and they're talking a mile a minute and you think, man, that's not right. But someone who's humble doesn't always have to prove that that is correct. Sometimes they can just let it be and just smile. Um, I've been around people who just always have to be right and always have to have the last word, and that's not necessarily humble. Sometimes it's important to show what is correct and what isn't, but sometimes you just need to smile and think, you know, I, I hope they learn better and just be humble about it. Humble. It's a really, really tough thing. Second word on here is, this is one that I have a lot of trouble with. And I know I'm, my title here is I'm executive pastor slash associate pastor, and you wouldn't think that I would have trouble with this, but I'm just being honest with you. To pray, if, and I'm asking a lot of people in here to raise their hands at different times, so just humor me, okay? If you have trouble in here at times praying, raise your hand. Okay, this is one of my difficult things at times, and here's why. I get sidetracked really easy. I mean, super easy. Have you ever been praying, and you're just so dead set on, I'm going to take this time, and I'm going to do it, and then the next thing you know, the laundry dryer buzzes, and you're thinking about something else, and you get distracted? So I'm going to show you a physical way of how sometimes I just force myself to pray. Sometimes I literally either go down in the basement and I've got some chairs down there in front of my little ventless heater and I'll set a chair right there and I just have to, I'm one of those people that just has to physically do this sometimes and I'll sit here and the other seat is for God. And I just have to take the time and I have to be totally honest with myself and I want to be honest with Him. And so I'm sitting here and this is not what you would think a preacher would do. But I just start out and I say, God, I just thank you for letting me be and what you've did in my life. And I'm talking right to God here. And I say, but man, my life is a mess. Sometimes you have to be just totally honest with him and just admit, my life is a mess or this is just not going well. And talk to him like he's your best friend. 
God, I've got friends that they have these serious needs. Oh, wait, you already know? I know. I guess me saying it is really a lot for me to say out. I need to say it out loud. What can I do? How can, what, what do I need? Give me the words of encouragement to say to them. And God, we, we're having some issues. Lord, help me. Help me to be what you want me to be. Because I, I can't handle this on my own. Lord, thank you for letting me have your time to talk to you. And he's telling me, you can talk to me all the time. You ever heard of Facebook Live? Just leave it on all the time and we'll just Facebook Live back and forth all day long. Uh, you can put me on Bluetooth and you can just even be right, driving down the road and, and talk to me. And so I just have a really honest conversation with God. And the next thing you know, it hasn't been awkward or anything like that. And I didn't have to try real hard. But I just prayed and talked to God like he was my best friend because he is. So if you have a difficult time praying, this is a great way to just physically communicate with God. Okay? This, and by the way, this scripture isn't a magic recipe. Don't be fooled by that. This isn't a magic recipe. These are instructions from God to the Israelites. These are also can be applied to instructions for us as Christians to help us to get us going in the direction that we need to go. The third word is seek. Seek his face. That's such a weird phrase, isn't it? Seek his face. What does that even mean? Okay, I, I use this phrase that kind of relates to me better, chase after. And uh, Carlin even used that, that phrase a while, while ago, to chase after him. Do you know what it's like to chase after someone? Okay, so if you are a male in this room and you've ever chased after your wife or a girl, raise your hand. What, some of you guys never chased after a woman? What do you do whenever you chase after them? Well, in this day and age, they they're get on their profile on Facebook or Instagram or something, and they're, they're learning their character, aren't they? You want to know everything about them. Uh, you want to call them. You want to talk to them. Um, I did a really romantic thing the other day. Um, instead of sending roses and getting my wife a dozen roses, we went to Sam's Club, and I got her a bale of toilet paper. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> How do you chase after God? Um, you know, there was, a, there was a group of people that went to the uh, abortion clinic uh, Saturday. They've been a few times. And um, they, uh, um, through talking to uh, some of the people there, um, a baby was saved Amen. and wasn't murdered. I think that's a way of chasing after God. I think that's a way of seeking His face. Because you can definitely see God's character in that, can't you? Um, 
to chase after someone. Um, it's a relentless pursuit. Um, I want you to turn to your husbands or wives, if you're married, I want you to turn to that person and say, I'm chasing after you. I'm chasing after you. I didn't say that to boys and girls out here because I don't want it to be weird. Or to single dudes. We chase after our spouses um, because we love them. We need to chase after God, seek his face to see, you know, whenever you, to seek his face, you know, we're, we're never going to see his, his face like that in this time right now, but whenever you want to know somebody, you want to see their eyes, you want to look into their face. Um, it'd be hard to choose your wife if you didn't ever see her face. It'd be awkward. It's like a blind date for life. We want to see, we want to know their character. We want to, we want to know everything about them. How's, another, how's other ways that you can chase after God? You know, you may be sitting in here today and think, oh man, life is just tough. But just the very act of you driving to Orchardville out here in the middle of nowhere and coming to church is an act of chasing after him and to seek in his face. You're obviously here for some reason. I'm here because I want something bigger than myself because I'm not enough in this world. As much as I love my wife and my family, they're just not enough. I need God in my life, and I'm going to chase after him. Humble, pray, and seek. Turn, the fourth one, to turn, to change directions. If you don't like the path you're on right now, if you don't like the way that your life is going right now, you need to change directions. Amen. The word repent, to turn around. You need to change directions. You know, there was a wise man that said one time, the, a tree tends to fall in the direction it's leaning. Unless... If, and if you're a lumberjack or if you're a, a uh, woodcutter or anything, you can change the direction a tree is going to fall, but it takes some doing. It needs an outside force to change that direction. It isn't just going to change on its own. You have to make a cut in the direction that you want it to fall, and you can get it to go the direction you want it to. Sometimes it even takes more force and you have to put a rope or a chain on it and pull it that way. Whatever it takes, but you've got to change that direction. Humble, pray, seek, and turn. Say those four words with me. Humble, pray, seek, and turn. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? Why do we not, why do, we not do that? Why do we not do that? If it's so simple, why do we not do that? Does, does egos get in the way sometimes? Or does um, pride get in our way? Do we sometimes think that we know better or we can do it better than God can do it? But I'm, I, the, the answer is no, you cannot. Humble, pray, seek, and turn. If you need healing in some aspect of your life today, 
And I'm not necessarily talking about just physical healing, but if you need healing in some aspect of your life today, whether it be relationships, whether it be family, or whatever it is, if you need healing in your life today, I want you to honestly raise your hand right now. This is a good portion of people here, including myself. If you don't need healing in some aspect of your life today, I'm so happy for you. And I don't say that sarcastically, I mean it. I am very happy for you. And, um, but those who do need change in their life, even though this is Old Testament teaching, um, this still applies today. This still applies. If you don't think it does, just try it and see what happens. What's the worst thing that could happen if, you, if we humble ourselves, we pray, we seek his face, and we turn from the path that we're on if we're heading in a bad direction? What is the worst thing that could happen? I would put my money on it that your life will improve. If the worship team would go ahead and come right now, we're going we're gonna to be doing communion today as well. So I've been talking to Christians here right now, but right now I also want to address someone who maybe doesn't even know what in the world I'm talking about. They've never even asked Jesus into their life. We're getting ready to take communion, and with communion, um, this is something that Jesus had done, and it provided a way for us to remember what he did on the cross. If you have never given your life to Christ today, you need to do this before you take communion. You must be a child of God to take communion. If you're from another church and you are a Christian, you are more than welcome, and we encourage you to take communion with us. So we'll get to that later. But right now, I want to do something. And it's not to put anybody on the spot. But this here has to do with God's healing in our lives and God's deliverance from different things. So in leadership, there's a certain order of things. And it doesn't mean that one person is any more important than the other. Um, in uh, Wednesday night a few weeks ago, we got to talking and Fred asked a question that was uh, in our lesson. And whenever you were younger, what was, who was the most important person in your church? And, uh, you know, we had a lot of different discussion on that and everything. And I had made a comment that it would make me feel really, really great if the young people in this church had it in their spirit and their answer would be, everybody is important in our church. There's no big eyes and no little U's. Everybody in this church matters. It doesn't matter if this is the first time you've ever been here or if, this, if you've been here for 20, 30 years, everybody here is important. Now we all have different roles, right? We have different roles. So I'm gonna ask you to do something today. And this is because this is just kind of the order that God sets up in here is if you are the pastor or if you are a pastor of a church, I would like you to stand up.
If you are a deacon or a finance team member, I would like you to stand up. If you are a staff member of this church, I would like you to stand up. If you teach Sunday school for kids or teens or adults or, son or anything, if you are in a teaching capacity here at this church, I would like you to stand up if you're able to. If you are a youth leader or a kids worker, I would like you to stand up. And everybody else, a lot of you are parents or grandparents, but everybody else, kids and all, I would like you to stand up. There's different parts of my life, different aspects of my life that I need healing in. Different land in my life that I need healing in. And I'm sure that there's many of you that need it as well. As a nation, this is what God had, had instructed Solomon for the people of Israel to do. But as a church, repentance, humbleness, prayer, and seeking His face has to start at the top with leadership. That's you, Pastor. It has to be with the deacons and the finance team, the other leadership. Our staff, the parents, the grandparents, the children, everybody. Everybody in this is important. If we want healing in our family, if we want healing in our lives, if we want healing in our church, it has to start with us. I want to see revival in our church. I want to see healing amongst relationships. Let us today... Be honest with ourselves and be honest with God. Let's humble ourselves. Let's pray. Let's seek, our, seek His face. And let's turn if we're on a wrong path.